especially with real estate syndication, you need to be able to talk the talk. If you don't know what you're talking about with it, if you start to have a conversation with somebody, they're going to realize that very quickly. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Matt Jones. Todd is traveling with his family right now, so I'm going to do this hump day hustle by talking about the book, a best ever apartment syndication book by Joe Fairless and Theo Hicks. And this is a solid book about apartment syndication from start to finish. It really lays out everything that you need to know for the most part. It is over 400 pages long. It's got a ton of great information. So if you're looking to be an active investor with apartment syndication, where you want to be the general partner or sponsor that's putting on the syndications, this is a great you know, must-read book that tells you everything you need to know, how to set up the deals, how to find them, how to find passive investors, all that kind of stuff. Or even if you're just looking to be a passive investor to invest in other people's syndications, this is an excellent way for you to learn what goes on behind the curtains and what you need to look out for. So uh, if you're looking to get involved in any kind of syndication in any form, this is an excellent book. So Joe uh, Hicks, I'm sorry, Joe Fairless, the, the main guy in this, he went from owning four single family houses to over 4,000 units. You know, so <laughs> apartment syndication is real. You can thousand X your you know, real estate empire by doing it, it gives you access to bigger deals and uh, that you could ever do on your own. So it's really a step-by-step -step process. It uh, one great thing about this book is that it teaches you the terminology that you need to know. There's over, uh, you know, just a ton of different terms. In order to be successful in real estate, you know, especially with real estate syndication, you need to be able to talk the talk. If you don't know what you're talking about with it, if you start to have a conversation with somebody, they're going to realize that very quickly. But if you understand and can use the terminology involved with syndication, then that's going to come out and you're going to be someone who knows what they're doing and knows what they're talking about. And people are going to take you seriously as a result. So I'll just kind of go through the, the different ways or the different uh, information that you can find in Best Ever Apartment Syndication Book. It starts off by telling you how to get started. And it uh, is really important that you, you know, use one of two requirements to become a syndicator. So, you know, to set up yourself up for success, you need to start by educating yourself. And this book is a great way to do it, or at least to get started with it. And then you need some experience in things uh, like real estate or being an entrepreneur, a business manager, or, you know, uh, uh, just to, to get your feet wet, to get into the door. And then also I would say that you need to work with other people. And I'll get into the, uh, that a little bit more later. But uh, there are different ways to make money in uh, leading a real estate syndication. So there's a profit split. So after the expenses are paid, then uh, you and the passive investors split the profits in one way or another. There's also an acquisition fee. So usually anywhere from like one to 5% upfront free that goes to the general partnership. And there's an asset management fee that covers the cost of like touring the property from time to time and going out there and stuff. And then there's the property management fee uh, if one of the general partners is managing the property itself. Uh, refinancing fee, and then there's also a guarantee fee. So those are if the property uh, sells or refinances. Uh, next, the book talks about setting your goals. I think that's really an underrated 
aspect of real estate investing that a lot of investors don't necessarily look at. You know, I think a lot of investors focus on like the, the deal and finding the next deal, whereas setting your goals, which this book talks about, you know, ha- start with the end in mind, start with your why, like what, why are you doing these deals? You know, what are you hoping to achieve? And what is that uh, success going to give you? Because if you don't have that clear, then you're just kind of wandering around in the dark. Uh, so I really appreciate uh, this. And any kind of references Tony Robbins uh, a bit as well, which I'm a big Tony Robbins fan. Next thing is the book is about building a brand in the real estate syndication business. You know, it means that you're building credibility. Uh, without that, it's really hard to do uh, any kind of business in real estate syndication. So, you know, your your brand is who you are, what you're about, uh, what your company is. And there are different ways to build a brand. You know, it's um, you can create a thought leadership program or uh, this is kind of a collective interview based online network where you provide free content, which is going to be valuable for your uh, network of people. So, uh, you know, this could be a podcast like Builders of Wealth Creation podcast or a YouTube channel, uh, a blog, a Facebook group, a newsletter, a meetup group, that kind of thing where you're providing free or very inexpensive information to people and uh, to show you that you are an expert. And in addition to your thought leadership program, you can start an in-person meetup group, which is really great. Uh, You know, uh, Todd and I, we have one called the uh, multifamily mastermind. And so that's, you can find that on meetup.com or on uh, Facebook as well. And then uh, that way you can expand your knowledge and expand your network at the same time. So your brand has some main components to it. So you need a company name with like a logo, maybe business cards that uh, is easy to pronounce, easy to remember, uh, that uh, creates a a compelling image of who you are and what you're about. You need a website. And this is a really important step because it's the first thing people are going to see when they search for your company online. Gives you credibility as well as generate leads of potential investors then you need a company presentation of sorts where you present yourself of like uh, like how you can provide solutions to investors, introduces your business and says what you do. So you can explain to your potential investors, uh, you know, the, this book talks about uh, you know, how you, can, you explain to your investors that you approach deals with the 130-10-1 rule, which is pretty cool. It's uh, essentially going through the numbers. Like, so you have to look at about 100 properties in order to find 30 that are worth taking a deeper dive at. And then of those 30, maybe you put offers on about 10 of those. And if you put in about 10 offers, then maybe you're going to be able to close and purchase one of those properties. And that uh, ratio, I think, varies a little bit depending on what the market conditions are. But generally, that's uh, you know kind of rule of thumb where things are at. So... Um, it also talks about how, like when you're looking at properties, this, this book, you know, when you're looking at properties, what to look for in them. Uh, next, it talks about the three uh, immutable laws of real estate investing. The first one is buy for uh, cash flow and not for appreciation. I, I really love that because, you know, regardless of what the market is doing, if there's a downturn, and I think a couple banks, a big banks are now projecting a recession here in the near future. I don't know if that's going to happen uh, or not, or when it would happen, or, or, you know, I certainly don't have a crystal ball, but by investing for cash flow, you're going to be able to hold on to a property, even though there's a downturn in the market, if there is one, uh, so that you can then sell it later on if you want to. But if you're 
uh, you know, buying for appreciation and there's a downturn in the market, you're going to be in danger of potentially losing that property. So uh, second rule is to use long-term debt to your advantage. And you want some debt uh, to you know, increase your leveraging ability, to increase your buying power, but you don't want to over leverage yourself by having too big of a mortgage that becomes burdensome if there is a downturn in the market. So the you know, lower mortgage means less leveraging, but uh, lower risk. So it, it, you know, the opposite is true as well. So it depends on like which balance you want to find in your investing. Uh, number, law number three is to have sufficient cash reserves to handle things that come up from now and, and again, and things will come up. So you want to make sure you have cash on hand to cover the, you know, <laughs> incidentals that are definitely going to happen sooner or later. So uh, next, the book talks about uh, deciding on your investment market. Because seriously, there are over 19,000 cities across the United States. So don't try looking at deals in every single market. And not all uh, markets are created equal. And even like one city will have submarkets, different neighborhoods within it that uh, vary greatly. So you really want to narrow it down. The more you narrow it down to a specific market or markets, the better off you're going to be. You know, it, <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, Joe and Theo, uh, the authors of the book here, they use six steps to evaluate a market. The first thing is they record the demographic and economic data, and that includes things like unemployment, population, uh, you know, economic or uh, age, diversity, uh, top local employers, uh, the supply and demand of, of units, and miscellaneous things like the local property taxes and uh, friendliness towards landlords. The second thing that they look at when evaluating a market is they are going to interpret the data that they have collected. From there, they rank the their top seven markets in you know each of their those uh, criteria, and now they uh, from there they select one or two of those markets to really take a, a closer look at. They next they analyze about two hundred properties within those one or two markets, and finally they create a market summary report. And there are free ways to get this information online, like census.gov or city-data.com. Or, you know, they have great reports to help you analyze those criteria in, in the uh, markets that you're looking at. And uh, so they do a great job of showing how to break down and analyze different markets to decide what is going to be best for you. Like when I was first looking at markets, I had like, I don't know, 65 or so that I identified and then I just, uh, you know, rank ordered all the different kinds of criteria and and narrowed it down. And I was uh, surprised by the market that I ended up with, uh, you know, to be honest, uh, that it was my target market. You know, I didn't really know much about that market beforehand, but it checked all the boxes. So you really want to identify what is the right market for you based on your investment strategy and, and your interests and, and what's going to be able to allow you to raise capital for those kind of properties. All right, uh, the next thing the book talks about is building your real estate team. This is essential and you cannot do real estate syndication on your own. I mean, you could, you can try, but you wouldn't do very well at it. I think it, it, for me, it's similar to like, you know, I could build a house from start to finish on my own, but there are so many different specified skills and, you know, so I could try to figure it out all on my own and, it would take me so much time and effort, and I wouldn't do a very good job of it. But by having a team of highly qualified professionals working in sync together, a better house is going to be built, uh, more solid and long-lasting and, and quicker and, uh, and cheaper than I could possibly do on my own. 
So your real estate uh, team is going to consist of you know, potential partners, a uh, real estate broker, a lender, a uh, real estate accountant, a real estate attorney, uh, securities attorney, property management company, and uh, like a mentor or a consultant of some sort. And so I'm going to put in a little shameless plug here. The North Star Real Estate Conference this year uh, is going to be May 2nd and 3rd uh, here in the Twin Cities. And it's going to be all about building your real estate team for multifamily investing. The idea is that you come on those two days and you're going to walk away with knowing who your uh, you know, mortgage broker is going to be and, and who property management can be for you and, and a real estate attorneys and, and potential partners and things like that. So... Uh, uh, you know, I, I, because Todd's out of town, I'll, I'll, you know, don't tell him I, I said this here on the podcast, but if you go to northstarunlimited.live and sign up with the code, the coupon code Jones, J-O-N-E-S, it's going to give you $100 off. So, uh, you know, if you haven't bought your ticket yet, I highly recommend this is the event of the year for multifamily investing here in the Twin Cities. And again, it's all about building your real estate team because you can try to do it on your own but it's not going to be working out so well. Okay, so next, the book talks about finding passive investors. And so unless you're going to, uh, you know, buy all these deals by yourself with your own cash, uh, and if you're, I'm talking, if you're buying like 100 unit plus apartment complexes, maybe you've got enough money. But I think a general rule of real estate is like, if you keep on buying real estate, eventually you have to use other people's money. So, you, uh, you know, if you need passive investors, which is a, a key component of real estate con- uh, syndication, there are different ways to find those investors. And I think this book does a great job of laying out uh, some of those top ways of finding those. First one is to, you know, start that uh, thought leadership program. Uh, another way is to join bigger pockets and use your profile for advertising what you do and participate in the various forums. Uh, you can join a real estate meetup group or start one of your own if there's not a good one in your area. You can volunteer at uh, nonprofit organizations and connect with the board members who are usually affluent people. And then finally, you can connect with your personal connections, which is, uh, I think, the, the main way people start by raising money from their friends, their family, their uh, coworkers, acquaintances, that sort of stuff. So once you have your investor list of, of your potential investors, I should say, it's time to start talking with them. Start talking with them over the phone or in person, over Zoom, whatever. And, uh, you know, just to tell them what you're looking for, what what you're doing, because if you don't tell people, they're not going to know. So you really have to put yourself out there. And inevitably, you're going to have some of the, you know, questions and concerns that people will express. And uh, Joe and Theo, they cover 49 of those top questions and concerns that people, like potential investors are going to have of you. Things like, you know, what is your, what kind of experience do you have? Or why should I invest with you instead of another syndicator? How are, how am I going to get paid as an investor? How are taxes going to work for me? What are the risks involved? And, uh, you know, what happens if there's another recession? All these kinds of things that, you don't want to be caught off guard with. So, you know, they, they talk about the different kinds of questions and, and objections and how to answer those. Uh, so <laughs> this, this book honestly is worth its weight in gold and then some, and it's a big book. It's over an inch thick, over 400 pages is a quality book. Uh, so next uh, it talks about how to find great deals within your target market. Or, you know, so, you know, if you lay out like one, maybe two markets, like you, you really want to focus uh, 
and, and find great deals within that. You're better off, and they explain this really well in the book about how to narrow down uh, like a niche sort of kind of property. You want to decide, look, are you looking for distressed properties or turnkey properties or, you know, in the middle of the value add, like distressed or, uh, you know, high risk, but high reward type of properties, turnkey or, you know, low risk, low reward, whereas value add is kind of in, in between for both. And uh, Joe and Theo, the authors, as well as Todd and myself, we're, we really like the value add, uh, you know, component of real estate investing because we have some semblance of control of making the property worth more and function better than it did beforehand and uh, making uh, you know, good profits as a result of our efforts and knowledge. All right, so uh, there are different ways for finding, so it, it deals, like you could do it off or on market, which is like through uh, real estate brokers and you just build some relationships with uh, brokers in the, your target markets and uh, tell them exactly what you want. The more niche of a kind of property, the better. Because if you just say like, oh, I'm looking for properties. Well, there's a million different properties, a million different kinds of properties that uh, they could send you. But if you say, you know, spe specifically like the, the age of, of properties and, uh, you know, the size of properties, worth of properties, uh, you, know, you know, neighborhoods, things like that, the more niche you can explain to brokers, the better off you're going to be to find the actual kind of properties that you'd want to buy. But there are, you can find off-market properties too. And there are different ways to do that. And some of those ways include uh, doing direct mail campaigns to sellers or doing cold calls to them or uh, cold text messages or, or uh, there's voicemails that you can uh, send as well. Uh, you might have local team members that can be a good resource for finding off-market deals. And you can look at uh, for rent ads online or, or around uh, you know, that have uh, vacant units and, and uh, they have a, that essentially means that there's a problem for that property and you can uh, potentially fix that problem by buying the property from the seller. All right, uh, next, uh, the book talks about underwriting a deal. And this does well at talking about like the kinds of things you want to consider with underwriting a deal, but it, uh, you know, doesn't really explain, uh, and this is one of the faults I would say of the book, it doesn't, it, you know, you don't walk away knowing how to underwrite a deal. You really want to learn from somebody who knows what they're talking about when it comes to underwriting. And you can buy uh, an underwriting model from somebody, uh, or you can, you know, there are some places you can get one for free, or, or you can make your own from scratch as well. I recommend buying one uh, because you, uh, and like the person that, or people that you buy it from can teach you how to use that underwriting model. And, uh, but they're, so essentially uh, when you go to a seller, there's some forms that you need to get from them. And then you input that information into your underwriting model, which might just be an Excel form. Uh, and then uh, spits out like what you can offer for the property. So the, the kinds of things that you need to get from a seller include the current rent roll, the trailing 12-month profit and loss statement, which is called the T12, and the offering memorandum or OM. Uh, and, and the OM is only if it's on market from, you know, through a broker. But uh, um, I know Rob Beardsley has a, a free uh, 
underwriting model that he gives out. And he wrote a book actually about how to use that underwriting model. Todd has one, but he doesn't give it out publicly. If you uh, pay Todd to coach you or to be in uh, one of his masterminds, then uh, he'd probably give it to you for free as, as included with that payment, I suppose. But anyway, uh, underwriting is such a big undertaking. If you're not good at math or Excel, it's something you can hire out, certainly, but it helps to know at least how underwriting is done uh, so that you know whether to tell if a property is, is good or not. And when you're sorting out these hundreds of properties that you're going to be assessing, like the more effective you are and, and quicker you are at being able to assess from the get-go, like, like uh, does this property pencil out? No, you know, throw it away and move on to the next property. The better you are at that, uh, the happier you're going to be. Okay, uh, next step in the book here is submitting an offer. Once you've narrowed down to find these few properties that are actually worth buying uh, and a price that you are close at with uh, what the seller wants for it, then you submit a letter of intent or LOI. And this is not a legal binding document by any means, but it uh, essentially tells the seller like, like uh, what the purchase price you're offering, structure of the financing, uh, earnest money, length of uh, due diligence period and schedule for like the closing as well. You can even have like multiple offers in there within your letter of intent. Like, uh, like hey, if uh, I uh, buy it from through uh, bank financing, here's what I'll offer you in the terms. If, you, if we do it with seller financing, you know, here's uh, the terms and the price for that and, and um, or, or some other options as well. Then the seller can like either reject, counter or accept your letter of intent. And um, so if your letter of intent is rejected, then you can decide whether to submit you know, a better offer for a higher price or better terms or whatever. And there's lots of negotiation that goes in there. Often like if you negotiate better terms, it's okay to pay a higher price uh, as a result. Okay, next big step. Once you have a letter of intent that is accepted and you have the property under contract, you gotta begin what's called the due diligence you would have already kind of taken a deep dive into the property and understanding it. But the due diligence is like you're walking every single unit and you're looking at every single uh, lease with, with every tenant. And you know, like it's a super deep dive. And um, there are like 10 due diligence reports that you're going to need as part of this process. There's the uh, financial document audit uh, that compares the property's historical operations against what your budgeted income and expenses are. There's the internal property condition assessment or PCA, which is made by uh, when a licensed contractor inspects the entire property and gives you like a sort of a to-do list of you know, all the needed repairs. There's a market survey report, uh, which is when uh, where your property does a more in-depth version of your market comps or comparable sales. And then uh, the lease audit report is when your property manager inspects and leases for all the units to take note of their rents and security deposits. There's the unit walk report, which is when you and or your property manager walks through every single unit to document their condition. And there's the site survey, which is a map of the boundaries and the lot size of the apartment community uh, that's done with a third party vendor. There's the property condition report, which is the same thing as the um, a property condition assessment, but this is done by a contractor that your lender has chosen. 
There's also the environmental site assessment done by a third-party vendor to see if there's any possible environmental uh, contaminations. Like it, uh, this is especially needed if your uh, uh, you know, property is in a you know a place that used to be an industrial area. So there might be like underground oil tanks or things like that. I here's a side story. I heard of one property in I think it was in Florida where they did like an underground radar as part of this environmental assessment. And they found that, uh, you know, whoever had built the apartment had built it on top of an old graveyard. So there was all these, you know, coffins and dead bodies underneath the lawn and stuff like that. So they, <laughs> it was like a big, a big deal with that. So really, really interesting things that can come up sometimes with these reports. Hopefully it's all boring and stuff that you knew about and plan for but sometimes there are surprises, certainly. All right, the other couple uh, reports that you need, an appraisal done by an appraiser who determines what the property is worth, and then a green report, which is an assessment that uh, tells you if there's any ways to improve the property by making it more energy efficient. And honestly, like there, this is one way to make the property operate better and be worth more at the same time is by doing things like installing low flow toilets or uh, if there's any leaks in the pipes, you know, fixing those uh, or installing um, uh, LED lighting in the common areas, things like that. Okay, next, the book talks about finding the capital for investing. Uh, and this comes in two main parts. There's the mortgage from the lender, as well as cash from investors. So, you know, there's this old adage that if you find the deal, the money will come. But I think that's bullcrap, honestly. You need to have the money lined up in advance. So you need to talk to potential investors first to you know get kind of soft commitments from them of what uh, so you know how much money you can raise if you know granted you can get a property under contract and then start at that point looking for money but it's going to be a mad scramble oh my gosh you want to have uh, the money kind of uh, ready in the back of your mind of like, okay, uh, now I've got the property. Now I need to talk to my list of investors and, and say like, oh, hey, John, you said you could invest for uh, 50,000. And Bill, you said uh, you could invest for 200,000. And Susan, you said, uh, you know, 250,000 was, you know, here's the deal that, you know, that I've been talking about. Uh, finding these kind of deals. I found one. Let's get this done. Okay, so next, uh, okay, so as part of the raising uh, capital from investors, there's a few things that you do. You uh, you, you're going to need to set up a kind of a Zoom call or some kind of um, webinar to explain the deal and all the details involved with that, including like a question and answer session and the next steps. The uh, This book talks about the 30 most commonly asked questions that you'll get in a webinar. And these are things like, uh, you know, what is covered by insurance, what the minimum investment is how often you're going to communicate about updates on the property, and when the investors should start to see a return on your investment, that kind of thing. So again, this book sets you up for success with knowing all the steps and things to plan for and things to know when it comes to a partner syndication. Like, you know, you could try to figure all this stuff out on your own, but honestly, just buy the book and read it and you're going to set yourself up for more success than trying it on your own. Okay, and then also there's a bunch of forms that you need as part of your uh, you investors uh, are going to need. So there's like the private placement memorandum, there's the operating agreement, a bunch of stuff. And you really need a syndication attorney and real estate attorney to 
fill out this paperwork uh, in advance so you've got it ready. You don't want to try to like use it on your or like like write it on your own or, or repurpose it from a different investment. And uh, this book, another criticism I would have about it, it, it talks a little bit about the legal aspects of real estate syndication, but doesn't really get in super in depth about it. Like it talks about the difference between 506B and 506C offerings and um, like what qualifies as those, what the kind of uh, general rules around that, but it, it doesn't really make you an expert of knowing all the details. So um, you, know, you, you wanna start with this, but then consult with uh, you know, the real estate attorney, the syndication attorney, the a CPA, you know, all these professionals to make sure that you understand. And uh, there's plenty of money to be made in real estate following the laws like you don't have to break any laws you can just follow the laws and make a ton of money and do well uh so you want to make sure that you are consulting actual professionals with all this stuff uh so that you're following the laws in this book uh it while it talks about like 506b and 506c offerings there are other types of real estate syndications like a regulation a or crowdfunding it doesn't really talk about those but uh that's okay the i, I would say the main ones are are what's covered in this book Okay, next thing the book talks about, closing the deal, like what you need to line up right before when you're getting ready to close the deal, and then also following the business plan. There are lots of responsibilities that the asset manager in the general partnership has for, to make sure that the business plan is followed and ex executed. So like the units are getting renovated, the rents are getting to uh, be where they're at, you're increasing uh, the occupancy rates, uh, you're you know, paying attention to the market so you know when to sell or refinance, that kind of stuff. All right, so in conclusion, uh, uh, this book, it's lots of information, but it's an easy read overall. And you know, I, I wrote a book about real estate, which is about, uh, you know, a book about other real estate books. And one of my chapters actually covers this book. So if you want, uh, I'll give you my email address. If you email me and ask for it, I'll send you a free digital copy of the chapter that I, you know, where I talk about this book. So it gives you an idea of whether or not you want to buy this book. And honestly, I recommend that you buy the book. But if you want a free, uh, you know, kind of chapter, like a condensed, I condensed this book down to a chapter worth of material, I'll send that to you. Just email me, Matt at hawkwingcapital.com. And I'll put this in the show notes, but uh, yeah, email for me email me for it and I'll be happy to send it to you. But uh, this book, it uh, it's really long. It uh, goes into a lot bigger detail uh, than I have on this podcast or I have in, in uh, the, my chapter about it. So if you're serious about learning more about real estate syndication uh, with apartments, then this is should be your go-to book. Well, thanks and make every day a Saturday. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe, uh, give us a thumbs up, go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. It's a rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So 
the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to venturedproperties.com, venturedproperties.com and download our free ebook on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like, uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go up to coachwithdex.com and check that out. And, uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.